Joining us now, he is a seventeen-time PGA Tour winner, major champion, Ryder Cup captain, Jim Furyk. Welcome into the golf shop. I appreciate it. How are you doing, Green? Doing good. Uh, how are you uh, managing down there? Uh, keeping busy? Uh, doing my best, absolutely. Um, you know, being someone that travels all the time, I kind of always put things off at home and have all those projects you want to do that never get done, and now I don't really have an excuse. So, um, unfortunately, I've been busy around the house. Yeah, well, uh, you know, this is normally a, uh, a Friday when you're playing in the uh, the Heritage down in Harbortown. Uh, two-time champion, two-time runner-up there. Uh, are you missing it this week, and uh, are you excited that it's at least uh, back on the schedule, at least for now? I'm real excited about that. Uh, Harbortown's my favorite course, and uh, RBC is my favorite event. So, uh, you know, to, to have it on the schedule, to have it early in the schedule, uh, is real nice. You know, to get a golf course you feel comfortable at. Uh, it's going to be a long time off uh, when we do start playing. So, you know, right now they're just kind of keeping an eye on things and hoping that, you know, we can get back to work and, and do it in a very safe manner. Yeah, what is it about that golf course? I mean, we always talk about that there are courses for horses. Uh, Harbor Town seems like one for you. What what makes that golf course so difficult uh, and really levels, it seems like, levels the playing field out between the, the bombers and the non-bombers? Yeah, distance is definitely not a an issue uh, at Harbortown. It's not a long golf course. There's not a lot of rough, but it's extremely tight, you know, cut through the trees. And you can hit a lot of fairways there and still not really have a clear shot at the green or at a pin. And the greens are tiny. I mean, there's there's a lot of times where you've got seven iron in your hand going into a green. You know, there's a tree in your way. You've got to hit a low cut or a high draw. And because the green's so small, if you get that seven iron on the green, you feel like you get it on green. And if you do, you always have a good birdie because the greens are so small. So it really favors guys that uh, are, are good ball strikers and they're hitting it well that week. And they can kind of hit a lot of different shots because you're going to have to hit a high, low draw, stage you're going to have to move the ball around obstacles. Those are usually uh, usually trees. Um, you know, some of the finishing holes down the stretch are, are a little difficult. When the wind starts blowing, uh, they can be adventurous. Oh, they really can. You turn that corner at 16, and, you know, you get hidden in the trees for most of the days. You, the wind has an effect above the treetops, but you turn that corner at 16, you can feel the teeth of it. And that finish on 16, 17, 18 can be difficult in the wind. Yeah, and then 18, you can land a couple 747s there, but uh, when that wind's whipping off the sound, it's not exactly the easiest hole to finish on. It is not, uh, and mainly because of the second shot. But I've seen, I've seen some guys hit some, some poor shots off the tee on 18, and mainly that's because we get sloppy. You know, the, the fairway is so wide, you know, you just kind of swing as hard as you can and see how far you can hit it, and of course, you hit some bad shots when you do that. So I always try to be very particular, pick a very precise target on 18 to try not to get sloppy. But but really, it's a it's a tiny green. It's tucked up against the sound. Um, and as you said, if the wind's coming from left to right, if it's coming off the sound, uh, it's hard to, hard to hit that green and not miss it out to the right, which is a difficult up and down. So uh, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a great finishing hole. It's uh, picturesque, but uh, I think from a you know, playing standpoint as well, it's a great finishing hole. So, Jim, as you get to the point where we, we kind of have a feel for, and this is like revision number 2.0 for the PGA Tour rolling out in a mid-June standpoint, um, how do you 
if that indeed is the time, I mean, how do you, with this compressed schedule that we're going to have, a lot of, lot of big events in a small period of time, how do you kind of set up your schedule and when do you really start trying to prepare for the first event that you're going to play in? Yeah, I need a good, uh, I probably need a good three, but more likely four weeks to get ready, you know, from a, from a long layoff. It, it kind of feels like I always take a bunch of time off in November, December, January, uh, and usually start my year at the AT&T out of Pebble Beach. And so I spend January, you know, kind of when, when the holidays wrap up and New Year's is come and gone, I, I start and usually take, you know, three to four weeks to get ready for my first event. So this is going to have a little bit of that feel. Um, and uh, the hard part is really, you know, it, it's still we're not going to be in a situation where uh, our practice schedules, in my opinion, won't be the same. I mean, I think you're still a little bit guarded. You want to be safe. You want to, uh, you know, still have that social distancing. And, and uh, you know, I'm a little nervous about getting back back to it. I haven't really been to the, I haven't been to the golf course now, and uh, I think today's the 29th day. So, um, it's going to, it's going to take a little time to get back. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm cautiously optimistic that, uh, that'll be our start date and, and trying to, you know, formulate a plan and figure out a way to get ready. But quite honestly, the only way for us to truly get ready and to truly prepare is, is to be out there on tour and to be in, in tournament conditions. And, you know, I'll work for usually in January, I'll work for three, four weeks and feel like I'm working really hard on my game, but you can't really mimic you know, uh, a tournament like experience atmosphere, the pressure. And I learn a lot more about my game in that one week at AT&T than I do in the three or four weeks leading up. And, and, uh, so the only way to really get in shape is to play your way back in. Again, we're talking to uh, major champion, Jim Furyk and Jim, you know, it's interesting that, uh, golf seems to be one of the first sports that's really setting a schedule, uh, you know, the average golfer doesn't hit it very close, uh, probably within six feet of an, another player all day long during 18 holes, a little bit more percentage of that on the PGA Tour. But, you know, the the distancing factor is going to be a little bit easier from a golf perspective. But, you know, talking about the first four events back, not having fans, what do you feel like that experience is going to be like? That's going to be a completely uh, different experience, maybe going back to like college days. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be awkward. We've, I've done it once on the PGA Tour. We had a round at uh, uh, a congressional in Washington, D.C., where we had uh, some major thunderstorms roll through on a Friday, and they had some tree limbs that were hanging. Um, they had some uh, corporate tents that they felt were unsafe, so they had an entire round uh, on a Saturday where uh, no fans were allowed on the golf course, and it was extremely awkward. I'll say that. It uh you know, we, 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 uh, it's fun. You don't have the interaction. You don't have the applause, the cheers, the autographs, the, you just don't have that interaction. And then we rely a lot on fan reaction to know how good shots are, especially when greens are elevated or hidden. You can't see the green surface or you hit a, hit a shot over, you know, over a bunker where you can't see the surface. You can usually tell how good the shot or how bad the shot is just by the reactions from the fans. And so it's kind of awkward not to have that. Yeah, and well, and, and also too. I mean, not as much for you because you're a fairly straight driver of the golf ball. But um, you know, some of these guys that uh, that kind of you know take out the driver and bomb it everywhere and hope for the best. I mean, you're you're not going to have a fan to bounce it off of anymore to to save you from maybe going into somewhere or going <laughs> out of bounds. I mean, that's going to be a different experience too. 
Probably a little bit more. I'll tell you, it's going to. What's going to look awkward if they're not going to have fans? You know, there's no need for the build out for the corporate tents for the uh, golf courses are going to look really different um, without that. And we use a lot of that structure as, as aiming points and targets, and so it's going to be a little different. Um, it's going to have a different feel, different look. And when you talk about the social distancing, I think in golf it, it, we have a little better opportunity to uh, to. To, to stay farther apart, but when you look at it from the media's perspective in a media room or how about a television compound, you know, inside those trailers, uh, everyone is tucked in really tight. And so they're going to have to probably change, you know, the way that they conduct their business uh, in order for golf to be on TV. I think, uh, I think that side of it from a television perspective is, is even more difficult to figure out than the playing the golf tournament. Yeah, and the and you know so with the schedule that the PJ Tour has put out, like I said, the two dot schedule. Have you kind of taken a look at that schedule and and made a kind of a quasi plan of what events you're looking at and and how the schedule is going to play out for you? I've tried. I've tried. It, it's it's difficult to to really put it all together immediately. I mean, you you want to go and check off your favorite golf courses. I mean, right off the bat. You know, you've got Colonial Country Club and you've got Harbor Town, which are two of my favorites on tour. So it's kind of a, a cool start, but, you know, we don't know that that's going to happen as well. Uh, and so I think everything's going to be fluid. You know, you're going to have to keep an open mind. And, uh, and you know, one of the questions that's been brought up a lot is, that, and you said it earlier, is you know, you're squeezing a bunch of events into a small, small period of time. I, I just, I don't think... I don't think the, the tour players are going to mind. Uh, you know, it, it's, I'd, I'd much rather squish a bunch of tournaments into a small period of time than, than not play any at all. So uh, I think just the opportunity would be wonderful. But, you know, I, still, you know, sitting here at home and reading the news every morning and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in the world right now, our country, you know, everyone's hometown. We, we still have to make sure that, that – uh, I know everyone is, is anxious to get back to normal and, and whatever normal may be, but uh, we still have to do it in a very safe manner. And, and so uh, I think all of us from a playing perspective and, you know, traveling, I'm kind of wondering how the tour, you know, they've rolled out a schedule, but there's also, you know, how, how are they going to put, uh, and I'm sure I'm, our commissioner's fantastic and I'm sure Jay has a plan, uh, but I haven't heard, heard it yet, but I'm wondering, you know, how, you know, what about accommodations? Will we all stay at the same hotel? Uh, what about meals? You know, are we going to be eating at the golf course, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner? Uh, you know, I, I, no one's real anxious to hop on uh, an airplane and fly around the country each and every week and have to eat out every every meal. And you just put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable. And so I'm kind of anxious to hear the plan uh, that will be put in place. And, and from there, I think, make some decisions that what's best for me and my family. Well, speaking of plans, with you being uh, having some experience as the Ryder Cup captain, um, what is the task going to be for Steve Stricker in this compressed schedule, everything being compressed, if the Ryder Cup does, in, fee- in fact, uh, run at the time that it's scheduled to run? Uh, right now, it's set to... You said if in fact it does run or does not. If it does run, I mean, uh, with you know, I mean, yeah. you, you know, over a two-year period, how much time you spent, uh, you know, on Ryder Cup stuff, and now that there's been this layoff and and there's going to be a compressed schedule, I mean, it's going to really impact the amount of time that Steve Stricker has to plan and prepare. Uh, it is. So I think he's got to look at, 
you know, the way the team is chosen, um, the way the points are formulated, the way, you know, basically the way he chooses his team uh, will be will be very important. Uh, and at what time he'll choose that team uh, now that everything's changed. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be, I mean, from both sides, it's going to be kind of a, a sprint this year. Uh, and we'll be coming off possibly the U.S. Open straight to the Ryder Cup. So you come off, you know, pretty much the, the most physical and, you know, what I thought was the most physical mental uh, event in the world in the U.S. Open to possibly the most physical and mentally taxing <laughs> event in the Ryder Cup. So, uh, you know, a lot of it early in that week will be recharging. Uh, we know that golf course as far as both teams do. Uh, we played, you know, I've played three major championships there. So uh, I would imagine that almost everyone on both teams uh, will have seen the golf course. So we'll, we'll um, you know, we'll be prepared. I think a lot of it will be conserving some energy and get ready for the weekend uh, in that event. But Steve's definitely got his hands full. Uh, but we've got a captain with a lot of experience. You're looking at a, you know, a guy that was the President's Cup captain and real successful and uh, also been a vice captain and assistant captain for about the last, I don't know, seven years. So uh, he's been involved with this process. So he knows it as, as well or better than anyone. And, and uh, you know, he's he's... I've, I've kept in touch with them and as, as well as uh, some other folks that he's leaned on a little bit. But uh, he's going to do a great job, and, and uh, he'll have our guys ready. Jim, one more thing before we let you go. You are a major champion, won the U.S. Open. Uh, you've had a lot of top finishes in major championships. We know there's a fine line, you know, between the guys that are on the, let's say, the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, and then the guys that are on the PGA Tour who have won on the PGA Tour. How fine a line is it between winning a major championship and not quite getting over that hump? Well, I think a lot of it is, I mean, surely there's, there's, you know, fantastic players that haven't won a major championship through their career. Um, a lot of it's peaking at the right time. I think, uh, the folks that have won a bunch, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to say Nicholas or Tiger, that's a totally different, you know, scenario, but guys that have won four or five, six, seven majors, um, I, I think, they were able to uh, prepare well for, for those golf courses, prepare well for the, the situations. I think we all put a little bit of extra pressure on ourselves and maybe try a little too hard those weeks. I think the more that you can treat it like another event, uh, the better off you are. It's just very difficult to do that, right? There's uh, mm-hmm. triple the media, uh, triple the expectations. Um, the golf course conditions are usually at a much more difficult and tax taxing and um, you know, you know, the patience that's needed for, for those events is, uh, you know, even greater than usual. So, um, you know, I, I think there is a fine line, but some folks are able to, uh, to, were able to excel and, and, and do well in those situations. And right now it seems like, like a Brooks Kepka seems to, uh, you know, get himself ready and kind of peaking at the right time. Well, Jim, I appreciate you taking some time out with us. Uh, we look forward to, uh, everybody being safe and, and trying to get back to normal. And we look forward to the PGA tour, getting back on schedule and getting some events in. Yeah. I hope all those folks out there listening to your show. I mean, hope, hope everyone's healthy, safe. And uh, yeah, we look forward to it as well, but uh, in due time, right? When the timing's right, we'll get back out there. All right. Yep. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yep. Bye.